You're listening to EVH and Gear TV, brought to you by Design39 Media. Visit design39media.com for all your website, photography, and video production needs. Microphones for EVH and Gear TV are provided by Rode Microphones. An official Van Halen merchandise is provided by vanhalenstore.com. And now, here's your host from Ontario, Canada, EVH artist Eric Broadbent. Hey everyone, happy Sunday to you all. Welcome to the Helix Hour. We are live once again, and we're joined by someone today that I had the pleasure of meeting at NAM, which was fantastic this past winter NAM, just a few weeks ago, from Line 6 himself, Mr. Igor Stolarski. How are you? I am doing very well. Thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here today. Uh, there's so many things we're going to be talking about. Obviously, we're going to be jumping into some Helix, into the deep end of Helix. But what a lot of people don't get to know is, you know, the the job that you have at Line 6, which we'll talk about here shortly, is sometimes a thankless job. We all, we're always these guys and girls out there that want these new effects and amps and all this other kind of stuff. But we don't really know the people behind it. So I think we're going to kind of peel back some covers a little bit today and and uh, get to, uh, to explore a little bit. But anyways, how how was Nam for you? Did you did you get a chance to explore it all, or were you kind of glued to the booth the whole time? I was mostly glued to the booth, but I had like maybe an hour or so every day that I could go out and uh, explore. Um, for the most part, though, I was uh, kind of just running around saying hi to all the people in the industry that I know and all those. Because that's that's the cool thing about Nam is you know everyone comes into town you know for a hot second so i can say hi to all my friends from around the country um but yeah no it was, it was a cool show and in particular though like the, the highlight for me was definitely the the helix party where where we met because it was it was really sorry it was really cool to just like meet everyone that you know whose names i've been used to seeing on the facebook group and uh, it was actually really cool to, to unveil uh, 2.8 in front of everyone too that was awesome and and I, I i get what you're saying there about meeting people too because today with social media we all like we share a lot of the same friends you know guitar friends and helix friends line six, line six friends and stuff like that too but we have friends all of us are scattered across the world that for the most part we we if it wasn't for nam you know thank god we're musicians and we go to places like nam we'd never get to meet these people and so it's very very cool as you say people from you know the, the other side of the world from canada from the united states from germany japan all these different places, and we get to uh, uh, England, get to meet and hang out and spend a, f- a couple of days together with the, in some cases. Yeah, absolutely. And it was like, you know, I get to say hi to, to my friend Per from Sweden, and then go, like, I had dinner with uh, the dudes from Angra, who are Brazilian, and then my friend Choto is Japanese, and, like, it's, yeah, it's it's a blast. <laughs> it is for sure. And I have to admit, too, the uh, the Line 6 event on Friday night was, was so much fun. I'm going to share a video later on, too, just of Eric Jr. He was playing, but it was so funny because, you know, I'm talking to different people there, and there's so many people I didn't get to meet. And, I, and I mean, I did I did get to say hi to Richie Castellano. I didn't meet Paul Hindmarsh, and it's something that's, like, it, it's one of those things that's going to haunt me for the rest of my life. I'm at NAM. I'm at the Line 6 booth, which is only, you know, not a huge, huge room, but good, good enough size room, but not enough that you couldn't meet everybody, and I didn't meet him. Um, but at one point I'm talking to different people, talking to you and I'm over there talking to Jason and Johnny Lee and all those guys and Frank and different people. And I'm like, where's my son? Where's my son? And now I, I know he's, he's of the age where he's not going to take off and I'm, I'm panicking for a second. I'm like, guys, I got to go find my son. Where's my son? There he is over there plugged into a, with a Variax plugged into a Helix. I'm like, that's my boy. <laughs> Awesome. It, it was cool. It was, it was nice. I mean, everyone's like, everyone was looking out for him too, because they all know him now as well too. So like, I'm sure nothing was going to happen to him. He wasn't going to go missing. Right. But, <laughs> but awesome. we got a bunch of people over in the chat. We'll say hi to them real quick as well too. Uh, I see Jason Sedites is here and I want to give a big congratulations to him as well too. He had his first live stream the other night with uh, Chad Husky and uh, it was great. It was really good success. Had a lot of people watching. Um, I was one of them as well. A lot of the team was in there. So uh, hats off to you, Jason, and keep up uh, the good work. 
Uh, Kai Down is here. Uh, Intimal Music. Uh, Pizza Boy. Brian Cote is heading home from the music store. Gary Holt is here. Uh, Aaron Short Music. My beautiful Nocturnal Butterfly is here. She'll be sharing some of your social links throughout the program. And then we're going to also be talking about a, uh, a Helix preset that you provided us. As people come to expect here on the Helix Hour, we'll be uh, providing that throughout the show. Um, let me see here. Kevin O'Lear, Gary Davlin, uh, Nathan Whitney. Um, finding home on a Sunday afternoon. Able to catch us live. Awesome. Live is where it's at. We have our first link to your YouTube channel here as well. Frank Rashot is here. Thanks so much, Frank. Jason is here. Polly D. Man, we got a good we got a good house. Um, off Skate eighty two something like that. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Um, and uh, full circle is here. Ben Caffrey, Music Law, Guitar Hack. Good uh, congratulations to Guitar Hack. Just hit five hundred subscribers on his channel today. That's a that's a really cool buddy. Here's to many many more. Official um, Hugh Rocco. Ogilvy, I'm sorry, it says hello, Eric. Brad Miller, a lot of people from the Line 6 community. Guitar David Ennis, Carlos Santan, Jim Dales. Man, we got a full house Johnny Lee. Got to meet him finally in person. Love that dude. Um, very, very cool. Uh, let me see here. Almost down to the bottom of the chat. Lars Guitar says, we have a great uh, family here. Yes, indeed. Thank you so very much. Um, let me see here. I'm almost down to the end. I think, I think we got it. Will Varela, Sandor Laxo, I'm sorry, uh, says hello uh, f- on Will Varela from New York. And uh, yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. But let's talk about the, the job title. Um, so embed, if I got it right, Embedded Systems Engineer, what does that mean? Uh, so basically, uh, engineering can kind of be, at Line 6, can kind of be split into, or at least... Uh, sort of the, uh, the programming section can be split into there's software and there's firmware. Um, and uh, software is sort of what most people think of as, uh, as development. Um, so this is, you know, writing you know, like things like Helix Edit or, or Helix Native. Um, so kind of coding stuff that runs on your computer. Um, for firmware or embedded systems, this is coding onto chips that exist kind of in a piece of hardware and generally aren't really connected to anything else or can run not connected to anything else. Uh, so in this case, we're talking about the processors inside of the Helix or you know any other uh, any other Line Six hardware. Though I only I only work on the Helix family. I uh, my un- unofficial job title is I am the firmware lead on the Helix family. Of okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, officially embedded systems engineer is what I am at Line Six. So yeah, so I, I work on basically it's, it's kind of funny because I, I get tagged sometimes in like issues with you know Helix Edit or, or Helix Native, and it's like uh, not my purview. That's, that's not me. Um, but yeah, so so that's what I do. I, I find with a lot of people at Line Six as well too. You guys uh, and probably some of the girls here as well too. I don't, I'm not sure who does exactly what, but they wear a lot of hats. You know, like I think if you know someone has to be good in graphics. Okay, uh, you know, like Brandon for instance. Or isn't Brandon the one who did the um, the the icons for Helix? Brandon Frenzel, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, also, uh, one of our uh, products product owners now. He so he's in charge of like PowerCast. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we've had him on the show as well too. No, I was watching some videos of yours, and we're going to talk about your band here in a second as well too. But wasn't Brandon playing bass in, in one of your um, videos or plays with you? Yeah, Brandon and I were uh, were in a band for a hot time, a band called Lithium Dawn that uh, mostly exists as a studio project. Um, and sort of for a little while, a couple of years ago, um, uh, Andre, the lead singer, uh, moved out to Los Angeles, and uh, the drummer was already out here. So we kind of put together a live version of the band. Um, he's moved back east since then so that that period of the band has ended unfortunately but yeah we had we recruited brandon to uh to play bass for us at the time that's sad that it ended because i was watching one of the videos today and um i really really like i mean the i forget the, the i forget the, the title of the song the intro was very 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 heavy then it dropped out 
and very melodic with the vocals. It was just like kind of, uh, you know, really, really simple guitar notes while the vocals were just, just really predominant. Um, mm-hmm. Really enjoyed that. And then obviously he's getting to see Brandon. I was like, that's that's Brandon. I recognize Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about the band itself, because that's one of the things I want to ask you about was, uh, maybe some people here that don't know what you do outside of line six. I mean, they, some know you as just that guy. Uh, some know you as the musician. Let's talk about the band a little bit. Um, maybe, and maybe the different musical projects that you do all together. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of them. So, uh, in terms of, uh, stuff that I actually play guitar for. So, uh, Lithium Dawn, which uh, unfortunately isn't really happening in a live capacity anymore. Um, there's uh, the drummer of that band, and I actually went off and had another project that was completely different called Mind in Motion, um, which is more of, so this is moving from eight-string you know, kind of gent metal to uh, like reggae side-dub kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this was something that the uh, the drummer had, uh, uh, Matt Benoit, he had been really into and started working up this album um, and then kind of asked me for, for help finishing the album and to figure out how to perform all this stuff live. And if anyone's actually into, uh, into the, the reggae scene, uh, he played drums for a band called Hyrie uh, that are really cool kind of like pop reggae thing. They're out there touring with everyone and everything right now. Um, so they're worth checking out. Uh, but yeah, so that and that, you know, that went from me playing, you know, an eight string Schecter into, you know, the, the Panama or the, the Mark IV to like playing, you know, a Tele into, into Fender Clean Amps. Um, and then I have my own stuff that I release under the moniker uh, The Bishop Game, which because I'm pretentious is all one word in lowercase. Um, and uh, so that is a lot of like uh, electronic influence uh, stuff and kind of try to figure out ways to use the guitar in an electronic context without losing the guitarness mm-hmm. of it. Uh, um, and then that's also, I use that for, um, I do a lot of production and engineering for uh, a lot of other artists. So the, usually I'm, I, I started taking uh, production and engineering credits as the Bishop game. Um, and then when I'm not doing that stuff, I go on tour doing front of house for people. So there's a number of artists that I've done that for as well. Uh, I actually have a tour in China that I'm leaving for in a week. So wow. Be fun. How long will you be yeah. over there in China? Uh, so this one, uh, so I think it's like 10 days, six dates straight. So, and a rehearsal. So yeah, something like that. Wow, man, you, you, uh, like we just talked about wearing many hats, you wear many hats. <laughs> I, I try to, and, and thankfully, uh, Line 6 is, is cool enough to let me uh, let me take the work on the road and, and do all this stuff. Uh, kind of, you know, I've, I've actually coded pretty significant portions of Helix from tour buses, so that's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. I guess, yeah, I mean, I, I have that uh, privilege as well, too. I don't do anything as exciting as you do, but I mean, I build websites for a living, and as long as I have an internet connection and it's some of my software, you know, I'm, I'm good. But that, that's that's pretty nice to be able to have that flexibility and obviously a good team behind you that supports you doing what you do. Um, it certainly doesn't hurt either. Right, yeah. It's just I have to have the hardware with me, but there have been a couple times, like I remember when we were uh, working on LT and I didn't even have a full chassis yet, so mm-hmm. I just had like bare boards that were sitting in my bag. And so I, I think I was on tour with Fallujah? Either Fallujah or Scar Symmetry. And... Um, uh, and it was just kind of like I'd be on, you know, uh, either on the bus or at a break or something and have all this stuff out. And they'd be like, are you making a bomb? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Try to bring that through security at the airport might be a little questionable. I look, I work for line six. I'm building, you know, sure you do. I, I, I just have to factor that into my, my time at the airport now because I can't remember the last time I didn't get randomly searched. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, and you, and you have to allow for that uh, that delay. That it could be half an hour, an hour delay, or whatever. So yeah, you don't want to be cutting it too close to the flight time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, there was a speaking of uh, coding. There is a question from Fred Siegel. He says, "Is that firmware code behind you on your monitor?" Uh, 
actually, yes, it is. And I can see what it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no one's zooming in. You don't don't be zooming in on this video and trying to read. It's 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 uh, uh, intellectual property. If, if you can make sense of that, more power to you, whatever. Awesome. Knock yourself out. No, so there's your answer on that one, Fred. That's, Fred's got a good eye for sure. Uh, let's jump back over to the chat just for a real quick second here as well, too. Uh, Mark Lambert here. Uh, Quentin James is here. Um, let, me see, let, me see, let me see if I don't want to miss Classic Alien Invasion. Uh, hello, all. Greetings from Belgium. Very, very nice. Uh, Fred oh. Siegel, as I mentioned. Uh, let me see here. Bob Ayan is here. Yes, I made it. Um, Chad Husky is here. Nice to see you, Chad. Got to meet Chad for the first time as well, too, uh, at NAM. You know, had him on the show several times, but meeting him at NAM was was great. Just connecting all these dots with people was, was just so awesome. Uh, very, very cool. Um, so uh, to speak about Jason Sedites as well, too, you know, I told him you're coming on the show and things like that. And he was saying, um, yeah, Igor, man, he's a, he's a shredder. And like, I think we were even talking about you at, at NAM, whatever. He's like, I, I said, oh, I got to meet Igor. It was really, really cool. And we we're talking some stuff, whatever. And he said he would mention how good you were as a guitar player. And, and I found out today, it's the first time I've ever, ever watched any of your videos. And as I mentioned earlier, and I, and I love your playing style. I, some, some of the crazy riffs you're doing on the Les Paul, they're like, there's a tapping thing you're doing. Um, wh- who were some of your influences gr- uh, growing up? And how did you get into the, like, when did you discover guitar was your thing? Oh, man. So, uh, okay, so... Uh, my family moved to the to the U.S. from Ukraine when I was five, and uh, I remember like basically the only music I really had access to for a really long time was a cassette copied off of another cassette of The Wall. Um, and my dad is is maybe the biggest Pink Floyd fan in existence, um, and so like uh, I, I got a lot of that growing up. So it was a lot of Pink Floyd and, and sort of and, and it's really interesting because it was all of sort of the classic rock stuff that had filtered through to Soviet Ukraine at the time, um, but it was like queen and deep purple and and um so that type of stuff and then when i started you know kind of in the u.s like really listening to uh music here i got really into you know nirvana and metallica and and kind of all that stuff um so i was really big into sort of more the alternative side of things um still you know really into that stuff uh Sort of, I'd say probably for a lot of the the really weird techie stuff that I do. I mean, Tom Morello is obviously a huge, huge influence. I love him a lot um, too. From that, Muse, who is also you know also obviously huge Rage Against the Machine fans. Um, So that kind of influenced a lot of the the weird crap that I put on my guitar Mm -hmm. (laughs) to to, you know make odd noises. Um, Yeah, and then it's just kind of you know anything and everything that catches my ear. I, I found it was it was. Uh, a little bit of a struggle for me sometimes because I wanted to get, you know, really good and become a really, you know, technical player at the guitar, but most of the music I was listening to didn't really feature that. I was really, and still am really into songwriting based stuff. So, um, you know, uh, bands like Thrice, for example, um, uh, or Mew or, you know, electronic stuff like, like Pendulum, um, you know, all this stuff that doesn't really feature very technical guitar playing, but at the same time, you know, a lot of the stuff is, is what, you know, really fulfills me as a musician. So I have to try to, yeah, I, I think that has, um, at least shifted in terms of the stuff I, I write, give me a really, really heavy focus on, on melody and trying to, uh, sort of tame the parts of me that want to play something really impressive to also just making sure that it sounds cool and that like the person, you know, that I'm playing it for the person listening to it not you know to be like look how many notes i can play because honestly i know i'm never going to win that fight either because they're uh you know players that have one have a lot more time to practice than i do and two are just you know doing all this like crazy technical stuff that i will never be able to achieve of course right right um you mentioned thrice they're they're big helix users aren't they 
Yeah, it's, it's actually funny because I, I, I had a, a while back, um, you know, there was a whole, I think actually all of the bands I just mentioned, like Thrice and Mew and Pendulum are all Helix users. Nice. Which, you know, if you had told, you know, there was a period where like that was all I was listening to. And then now like, you know, all of them are using that stuff. I mean, and like the Smashing Pumpkins. I mean, I must have worn out my Melancholy and the Infant Sadness CD, like burned a hole right through that thing. So, you know, when, when they came on board, that was kind of, you know. Yes. It's, it's funny you mentioned them. Like, obviously, I grew up in that era of Smashing Pumpkins, um, you know, and, but I never, I was never a huge fan other than that I wouldn't turn the music if it come on on the, on the radio dial. I would never turn it. So that's, you know, kind of a closet fan, I guess you'd say. And then getting, you know, having Jeff come on the show a while back and then going to see them in concert. I mean, that's what it changed my life. I mean, literally changed my life. First of all, you know, being a, a Helix fan, I got to experience you know, it's to see all the gear on the stage and have, you know, him and Drew, uh, Jeff and Drew take us through the rig and see how Helix was a very, very integral part of their sound. And then, you know, now, I mean, Junior and I become obsessed with Smashing Pumpkins. It used to, when, you, when you're given a reason to go back and rediscover something, you, uh, you observe with different ears again. And um, everything that was coming through, I was like, wow, you know what I mean? And then they yeah. duplicated that live with one of the powers of... Um, of Helix, you know, is you can get th- three, four, five different eras of their tone as it changed over the years. And I'm not just saying that about Smashing Pumpkins. Any band, any band that's gravitating towards uh, these units today, they can cover their entire catalog and sound like that era 100%. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's actually kind of cool seeing some of the bands that, like, uh, I saw a video uh, that Stabbing Westward is is used, had a Helix LT, like, you know, that they were, they had, like, a random video from their rehearsal room as they were getting ready for uh, for a tour. And it's, you know, it, it just, it pops up in all these random places that it's like, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, listening to the hell out of that CD, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it, it, it's fun. And for, for me here, being a big Eddie Van Halen fan, um, I know some of the Eddie Van Halen fans may, may be disappointed what I'm going to say here, but, um, you know, Eddie's tone has changed a lot over the years. He eventually started ma- manufacturing his own amplifiers, which are awesome. I have some here. Um, but, you know, he's gone from that old Marshall Plexi kind of sound, which was, you know, really sought after, not a very um, overly distorted and very, uh, it was actually just very loud. It was more volume than it was distortion. Then he got into that, you know, the pitch detune thing, and that was a different era, the 5150 through balance, all that kind of stuff and then now with this newer high gain it's like insanely high gain amplifiers his tone has changed again um and so when you hear some of the classics like you know some you know like running with the devil or you know this and you're hearing all these era pieces on a on an amp that now sounds the same it's it's nice for the players that do want to go back and recreate their era and sound exactly like it i, I it's one of the things i love about modelers today you know they're all good out there but especially with helix can really recreate the sound yeah, and, and that flex, flexibility is obviously like you know a huge thing that, that we're shooting for, and um, and this is this is something that comes up like when we're choosing you know what amps to to model is like we really have to think about you know not just like necessarily what we want to put in or you know what what uh, what's the most requested, but like what sonic gaps do we currently have in in the lineup? Like what are we what are we missing? What is there something that you can't do with it that we need to you know fill? Uh, so yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of tricky to prioritize that stuff sometimes because there are amps that like, I personally really want to see in there. Cause it's something that I would use, but I well, know everyone. that, 
yeah, exactly. But there's something else we got to get to first. That's right. And I know yeah. firsthand without, without divulging any personal information, when you and I had some conversations, not only do you uh, look at an amplifier, you look at the sonic qualities of a certain channel. So you're not just going to model an amplifier and say, okay, here's a snapshot, here's a Xerox snapshot of this amplifier. Here's this amplifier and this channel, you know, so you really target down deep. Right. Well, because we have to look at how people actually use these things. And I mean, we had, uh, I, so like this, this happened a couple of times with the Mesa models because it's, it's something, you know, quirky with how they work. But like, so we had, we had this bug um, where if you turn the bass down to zero, it would, uh, it would start slowly like losing volume. Oh, really? Um, like an hour or so and with the um with the lone stars there were a bunch of people trying to play uh jerry garcia stuff and and he would always set the bass to zero so like everyone would like so we had to very quickly figure out because it was you know it's something to be like well just don't do that but (laughs) not how people are trying to use this stuff so we have to be sensitive to to both kind of like what we think would be good and how we use something um and then how you know because ultimately like we're not while we are trying to make something that we would be very happy using ourselves, we're making it for you guys. We're making it for, for people to use, and we have to know how our users are going to be trying to use this stuff. Yeah, that's the thing. I've, I've heard all the stories about, like, the on the um, on the opposite side of you, like on the physical chassis and the and all the, the, the physical stuff that could possibly break. A scribble strip could break or a button pops off or whatever the case may be. So you do these extreme tests. You drop them, you smash them, drive a car over them, all that kind of stuff. But from your end, too, you never know the common denominator of what people are going to do. Maybe they want to run their base at zero and they want to put their treble on full. And with this particular block, you never know what they're going to do. So the, the testing that you guys must do, and you probably still can't cover it all. Yeah, no. And that's, I mean, like bu- bugs do pop through. And this is we have an absolutely phenomenal QA department. And, and I love them to pieces as much as they frequently drive me crazy. Um but yeah, you know, we have to, we, we beat the crap out of things and we have, um, one tester who will continuously like the bugs that he files is just like, how would you ever have thought to do this? And it's like, if you turn this knob while sending it midi clock and spamming a pedal and then turning it upside down and dunking it in water, then you can get it to do this. And it's, you know, it, 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 it gets pretty wild, but at the same time, it's such a big unit and the internal workings of it are so complicated and and there's so many different pieces of it and there's stuff that you know that like as, as much you know as much as i do on it i have no control over and there's stuff that actually like no one in the building ended up having control over so like the you know every week or so there's a, a post about like the the lt pedal and it's like you know they, they had a bad stamping tool and like we can't do anything about that like that was the you know the the, the content the uh mm-hmm. the manufacturer in china and it's like well we can try to fix it and make sure it doesn't happen anymore and but it, you know there's, yeah. there's only so much we actually have control of and whatever weird thing we manage to miss a user will find like we, we know that that's going to happen and that's good because that that gets funneled back and it gets taken care of immediately it's something that really bothers me sometimes is like you know we will talk about some new firmware coming up here in a little bit we'll just touch base on it a bit but i tend to find people you'll put out a post about new firmware and it's got you know let's say six to eight ten different things coming and then there's a big long list of bug fixes and people tend to instead of being happy about these new releases is they they tend to 
focus on all the bug fixes and they complain about that. And I've said it several times, you know, I've like, be glad we're finding these things. And it actually comes from people like us as well, too. If you have a bug, you know, don't be afraid to admit it because if you don't report it, maybe someone else doesn't. Um, but that is how these these fixes come in. And and I think you've you've you probably like me a lot, like obviously you, you have a much more a, a better education and, and no uh, coding and things like that. However, a lot of times when we as guys and, and girls out there as well, too, I should say try to troubleshoot some things. Sometimes it's the easiest and the simplest things. Like, you know, it could, maybe it's just like you're turning a knob the wrong way and Helix, you, you shouldn't be doing that. Like I've had people say before, I'm not getting a sound out of my speakers, like on a computer. Well, like is your, is your, like literally are your speakers plugged into the wall? Like it power, is there a power source to it? It could be as simple as that sometimes. Mm-hmm. But we think, yeah. we think it's a driver or something else. We could, we, as techies, we, we dive in deep thinking it's going to be this and it could be the most simplistic thing. Right. And, and I mean, the thing is that like bug free software or firmware doesn't exist. That's right. It, it, it doesn't. There's there's it, it, the, the stuff has just gotten so complex at this point that um, nothing nothing is perfect. And it's like it's gotten a lot better. I mean, to to be completely honest, like Helix, you know, 1.0 when we first released it mm-hmm. was held together by spit and a prayer. Like we we got we got it out the door, but we were the third full team that had been working on this product and there were a lot of design decisions or, you know, at kinda of in the moment things that we did um, because we needed to get it finished mm-hmm. um, that we've sort of been paying for a little bit since. Um, now, you know, with 2.8 and with uh, with Helix Core, use that magic buzzword, mm-hmm. um, I've got a chance to, like, go back and fix a lot of that. Um, and, you know, we've been fixing as much of it as we can as, as we've been going. Um, but, yeah, I mean, stuff stuff sometimes gets through the cracks, and we try we jump on it as, as quickly as we can. Like, obviously, if there's something that, you know, seriously – is impacting our users we release hot fixes Mm -hmm. um sometimes it's stuff like you know the the tuner screen glitching or something like that where it's like okay well that can probably wait until um you know the next release because just doing just doing a release is usually at least a week of focused work with like specific build testing and like you know doing release candidates um it's it's a lot of stuff to do which is like yeah, I'd love to just, you know, pump out, you know, a release every single time we, we fix a bug, which sometimes you can, you know, within the software world, you can kind of do that. Like if, if this was just a, an iOS app that, you know, we can constantly push updates to, then we would do that. But it's uh, it's a bit more involved with, with uh, what we're actually doing here. Uh, so we, we have to be a little judicious even even in terms of how we do that. I, I've, and I know how serious you guys take it as well, too, because there was one release, I'm going to just venture a guess, I'm going to say about 2.5, 2.67 or something like that, I don't, but uh, it was rolled out and then it was recalled um, shortly after it, you we've kind of reverted back to a previous one. Uh, I don't know which one it was, but there's a couple of bugs and that goes to oh, show... For HX edit. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah something like that. Um yeah, because it's it's kind of hard to to pull back with with firmware. I mean, we can we can remove it from the the release system and just have the uh, the previous one. Um, I think for us, generally, more likely, what we would do is we would then release and do another point release. Right. Um, yeah. So like by I, point by point release, you mean like two point six seven uh, as opposed to jumping up to a, like. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Yeah. So uh, with numbering, you know, it's like so if if two seven zero is the big one, um, a point release would. So we did we did two seven one. It honestly really should have been two point seven zero point one because it's it was such a minor change that I don't think it deserved like a full you know a full tenth there. And I think that that's one of the things that like confuses people. And I see I see a lot of theories about like oh well ever since I updated to two seven one then it, it does this and it's like well five lines of code change. So yeah, it's a placebo. Sure? 
that's what's causing it. Um, the one thing that it did seem to cause is, is the, uh, the tuner screen glitching that, that I mentioned okay. earlier. I can only think was because the, you know, sort of memory, memory stuff got shifted across like a, a borderline or something and it started it cha- changed timing just enough to, to cause that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I've seen some posts too where people will say, and this is, this is nice. It's, it's humorous, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's cool to see if people say, Oh, since I updated to this firmware, all my, my old presets sound richer. And it's like, if they sound richer to you, awesome. You know what I mean? Nothing's really yeah. changed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we, uh, we don't do DSP changes very often. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the likelihood that, you know, something is actually affecting the tone there is pretty low, but I'm thrilled that people are having a good experience with it. That's right. That's all that matters is a positive experience in the end. Well, would, all this time, like you, you code and you code and you code, and I know you have deadlines and, and from what we heard at NAM too, like, you know, Eric Klein was speaking very, very highly of how you're, you know, he's not even asking you for certain, he's asking for certain things, you're doing them. And then you're actually bringing up things that weren't even, you know, on the, on the plate yet, getting all these things done, which is awesome. But when it comes to a release day, um, is it still a big, uh, like exciting event for you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's really cool to see it go out into the wild and see people's reactions and watch. It's it's a mixture of like re- excitement and dread because it's like, okay, is someone going to immediately find a bug and is someone immediately going to find something that's just like, oh crap, how did we miss that or whatever? But it's also it's generally really cool to just watch people see it and try it out and get excited about it and get excited about the new sounds or a new, a new feature. I mean, like uh, 2.0 when we introduced snapshots was so huge because that, that was sort of that was one of the things that i had been just like dying to get in there um and is one of my favorite things that, that i've done on uh, on it and like getting to, to release that and watch the responses was was an absolute joy I, I can imagine, and that's that was one of the the first big things that uh, that uh, that shocked the the community. And it's really funny when I first got into the Helix community. I think um, I'm trying to think. I think Eric Klein was one of my first guests on the Helix type of a format of a show. And I remember it was it was he takes it so serious as well too that I was using a picture of a Helix rack. And he goes, no, no, don't use that one. You got, you got to use this one because it shows the snapshot icon, right? Because I was using an, an older, older uh, press photo. It was so funny. But that's how serious they take it. Yeah, no, and and Eric, <laughs> uh, Eric's definitely a, a bit more polished than I am in terms of being able to uh, to be the the face uh, of all of all of the stuff. But um, for you know, Eric and I work very very closely together because um, you, so you when you mentioned earlier like the the way we kind of uh, divide labor in, inside the company. So in terms of what I'm actually doing on Helix, I do most of the uh, the UI coding. So mo- all of the the screens and the buttons and, and the pedals and stuff like all of the stuff that you're either looking at or actually interacting with um i'm usually the guy that makes that work and, and designing the data models for things like controllers and stomps and snapshots and, and whatnot um and so that means very closely working with eric who designs how everything looks and how everything is supposed to function um so he and i go back and forth a lot on stuff and there'll be you know times where he'll be like okay so you know and this works this way this way and this way and i'm like can, can it not can it do you know this instead just because either it's easy. I, I try not to do it because it's easier to implement. Um, like I have to think about it from a user standpoint, but like if it's either better for a user or makes more sense, you know, like we, we, we've, we've gone back and forth on a, a lot of stuff about how things should work to just try to pare down what the best user experience of something is going to be. I imagine he appreci- appreciates you a lot as well too. Instead of being one of these yes men out there, yes, you know, I'm not saying maybe he is your boss or I'm not sure how that rolls, but um, you know, so yes, sir, yes, sir, I'll take care of this, I'll take care of this, but you actually maybe question a few things suggest some things uh maybe we could follow like you just said we could follow this path but why couldn't we try this you know i'm sure that helps a lot too 
Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a very collaborative environment. I mean, anyone on the, the team is free to give input about anything at time. Eric sort of, I, I guess he has final say on, uh, on you know, the, on like the, the direction and the way things work. And um, But it's, it, I mean, first of all, he's an eminently cool and reasonable guy. So yeah. we're like, dude, this is, this is impossible or this is going to take us a year to implement. He's going to be like, okay, well, then that doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's not the, the sort of the, the hierarchy as much as there is one um, is, is very loose and it's just everyone, you know, trying to make this thing the best thing that, that it can be. I, I love that too. And like, I've met most of the, the key players here. Like, I'm, I'm sure there's some great people that I haven't met behind the scenes. and I'd love to meet them in my travel someday. But you know, I've met everybody from Frank to Joe, uh, you know, uh, yourself, um, you know, all the way down, Brandon, uh, uh, Nick, like so many of the people. And everyone just gives off this really, really cool, positive vibe. And it's like, yeah, it sounds like a fun place to be. Yeah, no, it's a really, really awesome place to work. And I mean, I honestly, like, if it wasn't this, the kind of environment that it was, I probably would have had trouble staying there for as long as I have. Yeah. I've been doing this job for, like, nearly five years now, which in in the engineering world is actually, like, a really long time to to stay at a single position. That's, like, 15 years in the real world, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, like, I have no intention of, of bouncing because, one, I'm so connected like this is you know i, I have a one-year-old but this is my other baby right. um and uh and you know they treat me so well in such an awesome place to work that i, I think i would be hard pressed to to find something that that i would think is is a better deal than this yeah and, um, and the contribution you i mean i mean i know you probably don't think about this a lot but every once in a while it probably th- you probably hits you and you're like i'm actually contributing to something pretty cool here in the world you know uh, yeah. what, what you're doing it, it, it's kind of hard to like wrap my head around, but even just like, you know, mentioning like all these artists whose music I love that are now using this. And it's like, I'm somehow part of that. It's, it's like, it's a little surreal, honestly. Yeah, it is for sure. And speaking of artists, I'm going to go down to the uh, chat here again in a second. Um, and there's someone to, um, talking about some other Line 6 artists as well, too. Um, J- Jerome DeJong says, hello, Eric and Igor from Edmonton. Um, Gary Davlin says, I love programming microcontrollers. The higher, end, the higher level stuff pays the bills at the moment, but lower level programming is way more interesting and fun. Very cool. Um, let me see here. Johnny Lee saying, yes, Pink Floyd forever. Um, let me see here. There was a question, uh, full circle, uh, from the, it says you is saying from the Ukraine, um, yeah. about you. Um, it says, what are your thoughts on, am I pronouncing this name right? Ginger it says they're using, oh. they're using Helix now in one of my favorite new bands. Um, I checked out their album a, a week or, or two ago. It was pretty cool. I think I, I need, I need to give it another listen, but yeah, you know, very cool. Um, now here's a question. I'm not sure if you can answer this or not. It says, um, uh, Music Law says, isn't Helix Core Line 6 hardware adapt- ad- adaptation layer HAL for the Helix HX products family? Uh, sort of. Okay. So uh, I don't know if we want to get super into the weeds here, but yep. basically, so like as I mentioned, um, with uh, the initial Helix release, we kind of just threw stuff together. But I mean, all, we threw stuff together, but also we, it, it, because it had been this like, it, it was kind of a new thing for Line 6, right? It was, uh, it was, basically it was the first thing that really had an app to mm-hmm. it. Um, so we have all this underlying hardware and then like what you're actually interacting with in Helix is more or less like an application that, you know, we, we wrote on top of this thing. And it was the first thing that, you know, was updated regularly. Um, and it was the first thing that kind of had this, this uh, enormous level of high, high level code. 
Um, and we had really made Helix more, you know, like a low-level product. So generally, when you're when you're developing in the embedded space, it's very common to just code things for like the way they're going to be used in this one thing because it's more expedient and it's faster and it takes up less resources. Um, and as we kept working on this and, and kept releasing new, new SKUs off of this and, and everything, um, we're like, oh, we need to consolidate this more. We need to you know, change the way that we're approaching this to be more of this something that's modular and something that's portable and that we can you know, easily move you know, this set of code into this other unit that has a different set of switches, it has a different UI, it doesn't have a touch screen or it doesn't have a, a screen and it doesn't have you know, whatever. Um, and uh, and so we ended up in this situation where, like, when native came out, where, okay, well, we need to allow native to interact with sort of a lot of this stuff that we had designed on the hardware, um, but we can't just, like, put that code over there. And, you know, that's not going to be able to run it because you're, you're all of a sudden in a completely different um, hardware space and a different operating system and everything. So we designed, um, or uh, one of our engineers uh, designed um, a, this layer called Helix Core. And the point of Helix Core was basically to allow Helix Native to talk to a lot of this underlying code from Helix and do things like place a block or move a block into a different you know section or create a, a different path. There's like all this low-level stuff that con that connects and talks to the DSP part of it, um, the part that's actually processing your signal. Because there's there's the, a separation in terms of um, there are the DSP chips that are actually crunching all the numbers on you know, the models and taking your your signal and doing all the stuff to it. And then there's the control side that, that I work on that does all the graphics and sort of tells the DSP what to do and this block goes here and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so, so we created this layer and then um, basically when we were looking at it, we were like, well, couldn't we put this on everything and just kind of create the single unified interface that everything uses to talk to this low level stuff? Um, and it creates this sort of easier way to um, address things directly inside of inside of the hardware. Um, and we, it was actually initially part of sort of a bigger project for this this entire framework that we eventually realized was just like the scope of it was was way too big. Um, but we did, we decided to move forward and we developed. Um, we were simultaneously then uh, further adapting Helix Core so it could be used on hardware, um, and we started developing HXFX with it. Um, and that and, and the development time on that went down significantly from what it would have been if we had just coded it directly for that Each platform. Realized, yeah, it enabled a ton of code reuse. It enabled just like it, it made stuff a lot easier. And then um, because we, like that also had problems because we had to, uh, there was a lot of new territory there. But then by the time we got the stomp, like the time it took to bring that up to where, you know, you could put sounds and move blocks and stuff was really kind of like astonishingly fast for what it would have been otherwise. So at that point, we're like, okay, awesome. Well, now we have these two pieces of hardware native all running core. And then the Helix, the, you know, the, the, uh, the power trio, as, as we call it internally, it, like is still running this, you know, the, the sort of um, boutique, you know, specific to itself firmware. Um, and if I want to code a new feature, I need to do it in two or three different places every single time, which is not only a nightmare for development, but particularly a nightmare for continued uh, development and bug fixing and support and stuff. So we're like, okay, we just got to bite the bullet and uh, eat our vegetables, as, as uh, what French would say, and, um, and uh, backport it and get everything working on the same system so that going forward, we can just, okay, here it is, we do it once, so we make the tweaks you know, for, for the particular hardware and then it's done. And if there's a bug, I can usually just fix it in one place and it just kind of goes out to everything else. Uh, so that is 
way more information than anyone probably wants to know about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's, there's some of us that are out there geeking over this. I know I, I myself as yeah. well, too. But it, to me, in a layman's terms, it sounds like something my dad would always say to me. And it took me many, many times to, to, to get this right. And now I'm, I'm being my dad, saying to my son, do it right the first time. And so it sounds, and an, another further analogy to that is maybe a whole ton of work that you guys had to do to make thing going, things going forward considerably um, less, you know, uh, less stressful, uh, efficient. Efficiency probably is, is a good word we'll, we'll use. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, it's definitely like we're, we're paying a toll now mm-hmm. for in the future. Well, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, Frank Rashad saying uh, all the uh, chat is loaded up with uh, legends. Thank you, Frank. That's awesome. Yeah, we got Chad, Johnny, Jason, Kai, Quentin, uh, everybody. That, that's awesome. I want to talk a little bit about, we're, uh, we're doing pretty good here, 340 Eastern Standard Time, uh, a little bit about 2.8, and Eric did a really, really good um, presentation at NAM, uh, which I filmed is on the channel as well, too. People want to go back and watch that. All the uh, all gentlemen were doing their speeches. And, of course, Eric is great to watch. He's uh, always interjects uh, some comedy and things like that as well, too. Uh, but 2.8 coming out in the spring, and and sadly, I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick three of the things that I like a lot about the update, which I, I think people are gonna like a lot of other things, um, the amps and and effects and all that kind of cool stuff. Like I'll be honest with you, um, I I use two presets on on Helix. I use uh, two two of them that I've made, and uh, I I need to start uh, getting out of my comfort zone and play some amps that I would not play and things like that. But that's not my point. I, own, I I use Helix such a small portion of what it can do because I only use the two presets. But what I'm looking forward to are these three features. And I made notes so I didn't forget them. Um, but number one, um, Jason Sedites and, and Chad were talking about this uh, the other night on Jason's stream. Uh, Jason just got a Variax and he's always learning Variax and that kind of cool stuff. And I'm really excited for him because that's another thing we can share now together, you know, some presets back and forth and just chat about it. But the ability to control individual string volumes uh, on every single string uh, is fantastic. Um, being an owner of uh, the PowerCab Pluses here, two of them, and I'm using uh, Line 6 Link Cable right now, there's really, really cool remote things you can do with that as well, too. And um, the the geekiest one of all, I, I think people like the Richie Castellanos and, and um, maybe yourself, myself, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sh- probably everybody in the chat will just say, <laughs> it's the keyboard control. I mean, I, I love the fact that he's watching one of Paul Heinmarsh's videos uh, on YouTube and he's controlling, uh, switching the speed. I can see that being really, really versatile for, I mean, you've already had like interfaces for DAWs and stuff like that, but j- there's so many possibilities. I, I feel like I, I I owe I feel like I lost a bet with Eric because this is he's been pushing this feature basically since 1.0 and <laughs> let's just say all of us were at least skeptical about how much it would get used or how how well it would be received but clearly we were all completely wrong um, because yeah I, I was I'm actually you know even at the at when it when it was you know released like the the reaction in the room when Eric announced it I was like. Wow. Okay, I did not think this would go over as well as it did. Um, but that's you know that's that's why Eric's the guy that that comes up with the stuff. Well, he's <laughs> he's, he's a good salesperson as well too. Not that he had to sell anybody on that feature, but I mean you know he he rolls it out and the way he uh, you know debuted it was pretty awesome. If I could just make one suggestion in two point eight one, we need a, a preset that takes you right to the helixhour dot com. <laughs> So maybe we can do that in a bug. And any bug fixes, we need that. So we need to step on. You step on uh, bank up, and it takes you to thehelixhour.com live at three o'clock on Sundays. I'll uh, I'll see what I can do. All right, that's cool. No, I'm I'm really excited about this coming up. That so that'll be spring, and, and I imagine it'll probably be towards the end of spring. Maybe we don't have to commit to any time on that, but I, I know we're looking forward to it. 
I'm pretty sure everyone, I, you know, <laughs> everyone would have my head if I tried to actually. I know, I know that, and I'm not going to put you on that position either. Um, as as long as it comes out, we're all excited about that. Uh, let's continue down the chat for a quick second as well, too. Um, uh, let me see. Kai Downs says, "Good to see you, Frank Gary Davlin. I'm amazed. Uh, Ginger and others uh, can sing like that without blowing out their vocal cords." Um, and full. And there's like people that specifically do training on it, like uh, Melissa Cross and, and other people that specifically train people on how to do that kind of like the, uh, you know, uh, guttural and, and yeah. vocal fry thing without destroying their voice. It's crazy. I, yeah, you'd have to have training. I guess you'd have to because it's almost like, you know, someone like uh, you or I, I'm not sure if you're into, uh, athletic at all, but if I was to go out and try to run with a buddy, I would probably pull my muscles in both my legs because I don't know how to, you know, run properly. Or, yeah. or or try to sing if I go like I haven't sang in many many years so I would probably rip my throat you know mm-hmm. there's routines yeah. um I, before we get back to more questions in the chat I'd like to ask and I know a lot of fans would probably like to know this as well too how do you use helix um in in the real world like myself I don't use amps anymore I don't I don't use an amplifier they get turned on to make sure that there's power to them and that's it how do you use yeah. helix yeah, no, I, uh, I'm generally direct to front of house or uh, I, I use it for recording a lot, um, in which case, uh, so I've got my, my rack down there uh, that I have that running into my interface via SPDIF. Um, and then I'll generally, you know, record that uh, maybe a DI track straight into into my DAW. Um, I also I use Helix Native a lot uh, during, during mix downs um, for a lot of things that are not guitar, actually. Uh, I found it to be really, really cool for getting like vocal distortions or using the doubler to, uh, to kind of spread stuff out into stereo. Um, live, I will... So generally the way I've been doing it recently, because I have uh, a bunch of weird stuff that I'm doing with it, I will have uh, the Helix and I'm running that into uh, an interface running into Ableton Live. I will have further effects uh, and like glitch stuff that I'm doing inside Ableton Live and then out of the interface and that's what goes to, to front house. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't, I'm trying to think uh, when was the last time I owned an amplifier, uh, but it's been a while. I think I was still living in Boston when when that happened. Um, because actually, you know, before uh, before Line 6, before Helix happened, I was one, I, I turned into a fractal guy. I was uh, 100% Axe Facts and I actually like sold all of, uh, all of my amps to, to fund that. Um, and then uh, eventually, you know, after Helix, became, I was actually really skeptical about Helix when I started working on it, to be honest. I was like, I mean, this isn't really going to like, you know, it's line six. Is it like you, you guys can't compete in this market? Um, and then like at some point I realized I'm like, huh, I haven't turned that thing on in like six months. I should probably get rid of it. <laughs> so, yeah, I was living proof. Yeah, exactly. No, like I was, uh, you know, I was absolutely converted uh, because of, you know, when I actually like started using it and realized not only that it sounded as good, but like that I was, you, it took me so much less time to like get a tone together and yes. start like playing and making music that like the sort of the technical part of it became secondary, which it, it never was a fractal. It's just like, I, you know, it, like those units are fantastic, but I would take a bunch of time one day to make a, a preset and then never touch it again <laughs> because I was afraid I'd screw something up. And so like every time I had to make something new, I was like, Okay, and with Helix, you know, I throw a tone together. Like that's actually another thing about the way I use it is that I uh, very rarely find that I reuse my presets. So like I create a preset for a specific thing, like you know, I'll be playing with a band, I'll have a preset for a song, and then I next time I need to uh, to do something, I don't pull up one of those presets. I just start from scratch and make something new. And I'm like, oh, let me try to grab this amp that I haven't used a whole lot and try to get that to do a thing. Um, yeah, so it, you know, the, the being able to like 
use it as quickly as I can, which obviously like I'm, I have a, a little more practice than some people. Um, but that's, that's really kind of the, the draw of it for me. I love it. Um, I, I always say to people as well too, that, I mean, and it, it sounds funny saying this, but I, I've become a better guitar player by using Helix 100%, and it, and it will make you sound better. And I'm not. This is not a sales pitch. And some people say, "Well, we, I, like they might say, well, you're cheating. You're not sticking a mic on a cabinet anymore. And you're not doing this." And and I, first of all, I can't do that. I have a 412 back here. I got a mic on it, but I'm not a sound engineer. It takes me such a hard, t- a long time to get a tone that I like that's even close to being what I want. And then by the time I've done that, my mojo has worn off. The inspiration I had to pick up the guitar in the first place with a riff, whatever. So I, I scrap it. Right now, uh, Helix Rack is my main interface. Uh, you can see it behind me, and I have I, I have my relay plugged into it. So I come in here every day. I hit a power bar that turns everything on. I grab my relay, grab a guitar, and I'm right in the zone within minutes. And the odd time, you know, I'll have a bad day. Um, I'm having a lot more better days than bad days anymore, which is great. Um, and if I have a bad day, I say, okay, it's not for me today. I turn it off and I go away. But it feels good. I got my tone that I want for days, and it does make you to be a better player. So I mean, if you if you are out there struggling, and I know that it's you know there's there's it's a commitment. It's a financial commitment for sure. But I mean, you could start with Stomp. You could start with Native. All these different things. Um, but it will help you greatly. I I, I swear that on on uh, any platform that I could possibly swear it on. But it, it it's inviting. It makes you want to play the guitar. Your tone is the same, and the only thing that changes from day to day is maybe you. Yeah, and it's there's actually it's an interesting thing because there's there's sort of a line we have to straddle there because it's a professional product, right? Like mm-hmm. we made this to be used on the biggest stages in the world right. and like the the top level guitar players and everything. And um and so like I I am an audio engineer. Like I, I have I went to school for it. Like I I've been doing sound and recording since I was sixteen. Um so like I for you know for me the the whole concept of like okay so i'm putting together a tone as if i were in a studio and i need to think about what mic you know what mic i'm using what my mic position is and, and stuff like that and the way all this stuff kind of like i'm really used to being on the other side of the glass and and hearing it through studio monitors and and getting my tones that way so like th- this is a that's a very easy place for me to live um but not everyone's coming from that background that's right like, there are who have never engineered their own tone and stuff and, and are used to just like, you know, going to a practice room and plugging into their, their 412 or their combo or whatever and hearing the sound that way and like, you know, dial, you know, dialing their pedals. And it's it's a sea change. And like, and, you know, I see people talking about, like, well, like, it's really hard to dial in, you know, a high gain tone on, on Helix. So I'm like, well, it's kind of really hard to dial in a high gain tone in real life. Like, True. there's a reason... Like it's, you know, when you go into a studio, you have to take a while to, to get that sound and really make sure that it's doing the right thing, that it's not oversaturated, it's not too chunky, and that your pick attack is coming through and that, like, it feels right and that the gate's not cutting off. And, and like, you know, people, like, I, it's funny because we, we talk about how quickly, you know, we put stuff together and I see other people talking, it's like, all I ever do is tweak. Like, all I ever, you know, I can't, you know, I, I'm, I'm losing, you know, playing time just because I, I'm messing with it. And, and it's a, you know, it's definitely a tricky thing to straddle in terms of giving everyone all of those tools that they would have and that, you know, we would think a professional, you know, musician or professional engineer or guitarist would want and need and making it inviting and making it something that, you know, if you just want to, you know, turn it on and like toss an amp on and start playing that you can do that. Um, and so, and this is, you know, this is our existential crisis that we're, we're dealing with constantly of how do we do all of those things. 
I, I agree with you. And I've said this before as well, too. I've said this to Jason Sedites and a few other people, too. Um, let's say we're traveling in a car. I got my laptop out and I got HX editor or, um, yeah, whatever. I could actually, I could physically, or even if I had power, let's say I'm in a, in a motorhome or whatever, tour bus, well, that'll never happen for me ever again. But I'm plugged in. I got my Helix plugged in. I could literally paint like a canvas of my effects and amps that I want, not hear a single thing, not have a guitar with me. And when I get to X location, wherever I'm going, I know I would only have to make minor modifications to if 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 at all because I know I like my delays I like my delays at 250 milliseconds I like my reverbs like this I could almost paint blindly uh, with the interface and plug in and I'd have my sound yeah exactly like you know, there's but and part of that is just like you have the experience to, mm-hmm. to do that because like you you know done this for for however long and and I mean for a lot of people this is their their first entry into having all of those tools mm-hmm. and having at this level so it's it's not surprising that, that some people struggle with it and other people like absolutely take to it and, and you know love it yeah that's right and i do think i i mean i'm not trying to keep tooting the horn of line six over the competitors but i do find the user interface and i know that that's a nice uh, feather in the cap of eric and the team as well and in yourself too um the, it's very inviting and that's what's very encouraging because I was never one of those guys that um, I hated. I hated digital. To like, uh, I I was one of those guys. I was one of the guys with the pitchforks and, and you know <laughs> out there and the, the torches, right? <laughs> Actually. Yeah, and but you know, I, I'll be honest. I, I positive grid introduced me into it, you know, and I still like their stuff. Uh, you know, I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't say I did. I did because I do uh, like the bias stuff and like that. So that got me. That got me. You know, comfortable. That was the shallow end for me. You know, playing in the shallow end kind of thing. Still love it. Still recommend it. But once I got into this stuff, I just like wow. This is where now I feel comfortable. I feel good to be a guitar player again. And part of the problem was doing these talk shows. Um, not so much here on the Helix Hour, but on the other shows. It was so much talk show stuff that I forgot that I actually played guitar. I really did. I forgot I played. Helix came in at the same time, and I don't want to use the term. I, I actually I am comfortable saying this. It kind of saved my life as a guitar player because uh, I might have put it on the shelf and and maybe retired way earlier than I should have. Right. Yeah. No, it's, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. That- you didn't. Yeah, me too. Me too. I am. Trust me. I, and I, and like a lot of us say too, we don't have that gear, uh, that gas anymore for buying amps and pedals. You know, for the most part, some of us select to integrate pedals and stuff like that with our our things. But um, now it's just like I, I drool over guitars, but I, I can walk into a music store and not have to worry about oh man, I got to get that cabinet or blah blah blah. You know. Yeah. But at the same time, we we love all those things and we love all that gear, and we're you know we want people to have the option to both, mm-hmm. you know, go and plug into a real amp and, uh, and, and rock that because yeah, I mean, there's, there's like getting that air pushed around you. It's just, it's, it feels different. Yeah. Um, but also have a fly date and not need to worry about, you know, just that they can go straight to front house and, and not worry about it. Like mm-hmm. we, you know, we're not trying to. We're not trying to, you know, drive any amp or pedal guys. Oh, of, of course, I, I know that. That's and that's you built the platform to play nice with pedals and amplifiers. You know, there's so many combinations. There's, the, as you know, there's a lot of your artists on your roster are out there using all all possible forms straight to front of house. Like you say, sometimes in conjunction, like the Smashing Pumpkins we talked about earlier. Look at how Jeff's running his his rig, very very yeah. intricate. Uh, but there's times that he might just go to front of house if it's maybe a radio station gig or something, or who knows what, right? Um, a couple questions that would come through the chat, um, and I think I know the answer to this one, and this one comes up a lot. Uh, Brad Miller's asking, um, can you ask if the app that is used to control Spider could be adapted to the HX Stomp? It would be great to use just the iPad to change settings. And I, I know there's been lots of discussion. Um, that's probably something that's way too down down the road, and cer- well, certainly not possible now. Well, I mean, there's no there's no um, wireless chips inside right. 
family. Like we, we can't like go back and add Bluetooth chips. To, right. To the, um, yeah. So that stuff is, is never going to happen. Um, if there were to be a, uh, uh, some sort of tablet app for it, it would have to, you would have to be plugged in via USB. Physical. Um, and it's just, there's, there's a lot of work that would have to be done to enable that. Mm-hmm. Um, that is just, I, I honestly think that people would rather we work on other stuff. If they yep. knew how long and how much work and what wouldn't get done in favor of it. Um, I think people would prefer that, that we just keep going the, the way we, uh, that we're going now. I mean, spider was built from the ground up with mm-hmm. that being mentioned. Um, and none of the helix products happened. I, were you involved in that as well too? Like, is that something that you write for as well too? Nope. I, uh, I have, uh, kind of staked my claim that I exclusive, like if it doesn't say Helix or HX on it, I, oh, I don't want Okay. That's cool to know. Um, they're, they're babies and I'm, I guard them jealously. There you go. There you go. Uh, Fred Siegel also asked, can Igor explain the 2.8 feature per block snapshot bypass? Doesn't he, uh, don't understand that. It seems we already have that. I'm not sure if I understand this question. No, you you don't. And actually, it's funny because I literally finished writing that last night. Um, so what that uh, what that is is uh, people have asked for the ability to basically just say, "Hey, this block, I don't want to have it ever change during my snapshot changes. I don't want to have to worry about whether I, I bypass it or not." Or they just want to be able to outside of snapshots control that with something else, like say it's a wah, and they want the wah to always just be controlled by their you know their toe switch, regardless of what state it was saved in or where it was in a snapshot. So basically, what you would do is um, you have all your snapshots set up you go and you select a block you hit the action button there's a little slider for snap uh, snapshot bypass control and if you set it to off then that block is no longer its bypass state will no longer be affected by snapshots oh okay there you go okay well hopefully that answers your question there fred that's cool and the nice that you just wrapped up uh, the coding for that as well too so very very cool um as we get down to our last few minutes here before we wrap up for the helix hour this was something that was kind of funny back in season two i'm actually on my third season now which is kind of awesome of this show uh, season two, I think was the, was um, I'm not sure if she was my first guest, but I think she was. So Tina Bo was on the show, an amazing, amazing musician, and just a ball of energy, you know, awesome. Um, but she, I, she, she said something, and it kind of went in one ear and out the other. Because I'll be honest with you, sometimes like I'm, I'm worrying about train wrecks from the show. I'm worrying about losing a connection, losing my guest. I'm looking over here, everything good. That sometimes words go in one ear and out the other. And uh, I'm getting a little bit better at it. But she said, oh, yeah, man, my friend Igor is coming over to to help me with my my Helix at the time. I think it was. So I, little did I know that you actually, not only you're friends with her, you work quite cl- closely with her. Can you explain your relationship that you have? Yeah, uh, no, um, I uh, was I'm trying to think how it started. But uh, basically, I ended up doing front of house for her. Um, she had these uh, a bunch of tour dates in the UK um, and uh, kind of put out a call uh, for, for a front of house guy that could handle uh, sort of a combination of metal and, and classical orchestral music. And uh, I've been for nearly seven years now working with another group called the Video Game Orchestra, uh, who uh, that's who I'm going to China with. Um, but they, so this is literally that. It's like the, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, but playing video game music. So a friend of mine who knew about that tagged me in and it was like, this is literally what you do. Um, and so, you know, long story short, I ended up doing front of house for her. Um, and uh, we you know, continued, did a, a number of dates after that. And I think initially she had been using a Kemper and um, and she was having nothing but trouble with it. And I was like, hey, listen, you know, I, uh, I also work for this company, Line 6, and we have this this thing. And she had never even heard of it. But so at one point I, you know, I came over and kind of just like showed her what was possible with it. And she was like, 
okay, yep, let's, let's do this. We're going now. And she like sold all of her pedals and, and, you know, never used a Kemper again. And so she's just been a hundred percent healer, you know, since then. And she, she just got a stomp and is absolutely, you know, over the moon about it. She's like so excited to have something that small that she can like basically fit in her purse and then fly with. Exactly. No, I, I love that for sure. I saw the post that she tagged you in there and, and I, was, I was like, oh, that's fantastic. I knew she was waiting for something like that. Um, so you, did you, you wrote a preset for her? Did you just kind of show her how to do it? And then she, she wrote it herself or? Yeah, because um, uh, we, we kind of worked together both like when with the initial Helix, um, the, the presets that, that we made for her. Because I, I think the uh, the one that you gave away was actually the one that I made. Oh, that's awesome. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this one, so I kind of came over and, um, you know, she had the, the cello plugged in. And I was, you know, down there tweaking tweaking knobs and we kind of arrived at Because she basically, she wanted like, okay, the main thing that I have on, on the Helix, but like condensed and we only need, you know, one, one reverb and, and, and one delay and whatever. Cause she's like, okay, I'm only going to be playing wonder woman and one other thing with us or something. So, you know, for this next gig, so just like make a, a, a simple preset for it. So yeah, just kind of, you know, sit, sit down and, and twiddle the knobs until it sounds right. <laughs> That's absolutely fantastic. Well, speaking of presets, we'll do two things here. We're going to talk about your preset here in a minute and we're just about at the four o'clock hour here. So we'll be wrapping up in a second. Um, I wanted to say hi again, just to the people and towards the end of the chat here real quick we've already got the link to the preset and you're going to tell us about that in a second so it's always cool. nice to talk about tina uh thrash metal and fun riffs is here brian cote um let me see here uh guitar it says maybe eric can show me a few things that i don't get on it we're talking about the uh, stomp and i'd be more than happy to sh uh, show you guitar it no problem love to jj's house of jams here another huge helix supporter nice to see you buddy um quentin james uh let me see i just want to see if I, david ennis is here and music law um uh, regarding bug discovered by the Helix product family uh, user base, can you share the size of Prox of the Helix uh, product family user base? What's well, huge? It's why worldwide. What would you say? Got the, the, there's nearly twenty thousand people in that Facebook group. So, but um, yeah, I'm I'm not sure exactly how many people. I mean, they have tens of thousands. That's that's kind of yeah. Too. It's astronomical. I mean, yeah, I don't think we'll ever know. Uh, it's just astronomical. I mean, I'm sure you could go through sales records and find some, you know, uh, data. But I mean, you know, yeah. but it's it's astronomical. It would shock you, I know for sure. Um, old metal dude is here. Hey, Eric, can everyone finally get the chance to catch a live stream? Nice to have you for sure. DJ Asterisk is here. Nice to have you. Thanks so very much. Uh, we're going to be wrapping up here in just a moment, everyone. So I really appreciate all your support today. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the uh, the preset that you provided. What what will fans um, uh, expect to get from this one? Yeah, so this is um, this is a preset that I made uh, for Mind in Motion, which is the uh, the project I had with Lithium Don's uh, drummer. Um, which the the album came out like three or four months ago, and you all should go and check it out because it's really cool, and I'm I'm super proud of it. Um, so this one, so it's more like it like reggae dub stuff. So um, I guess I, I have it right here, so I, I guess I can just like quickly show you. So. The um, it's it's all based on snapshots because the, the way I run everything, everything I do is, is snapshots. I'm basically never in in stomp mode. So there's there's six snapshots in this one, um, and there's kind of a uh, so there's there's kind of a basic clean you know thing for the the skanks or the the upstrokes that. I, oh, whoop, where's my volume? There we go. Oh, it's the cable. <laughs> Kind of just basic clean sounds, a little reverb. Um, there's uh, this dual delay thing, which is used for the intro, which kind of, there's it's a big spacey thing. It's kind of like. Nice. Yeah, just kind of bouncing around. And you can get cool stuff if you just kind of arpeggiate chords. There's a lot of uh, modulation and detuning. Um, kind of a U2 thing. That's uh, basically, I, I, I call anything that has a, a dotted eighth note delay on it U2. Um, 
it just kind of does that, but you can you know, do that type of stuff. Uh, and then there's three lead patches. There's kind of a, a basic uh, distorted lead thing, you know. Um, there's one with this really cool sweep delay on it. Um, so the uh, the with yeah, this is this is one of my favorite uh, models. And Helix is, is I think it's just called the sweep delay. Um, but so it does all this uh, modulated um, you know bandpass uh, stuff. And so that one it does all kind of it's crazy stuff. And then uh, my favorite, the PS de Resistance, is uh, this octo lead that has uh, an octaver on it. Um, like bless you. That's, that's that's badass. Yeah, and uh, so I, I made it with this, this Telecaster in mind. So uh, keep that in mind for everyone. Going to put humbuckers into it. It might sound a little weird. Yeah, make um, some adjustments. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Trying to think if there's anything uh, else to to know about this one. Yeah, that's that's, that's pretty much it. It's fun. <laughs> What's so cool about this as well, too, and I'm I'm sure you'll agree with this. Even if someone doesn't like every single thing that you've done with it, there's got to be something magical in there that they they can take from it. You know what I mean? Like, and if any of the uh, presets you get on custom tone and stuff like that, there's no bad preset out there. There's always something good about something, right? So I think people right. can take that, learn something about delays, learn something about the octaves or things like that. And, or, and in some cases, they might love every single thing. So that's the uh, the icing on the cake. But I, I love this. And I think this has been a really cool feature. I'm glad you were able to provide one today because uh, it's something that I started accidentally way back in season one and uh, giving a you know a preset from uh, you know the uh the guests and it got to be a hit and i think that's what people are more interested in instead of hearing me talk they just want to get a free preset but a really good one too so thank you for providing that and uh i mean thank you for all your incredible insights i had a blast uh, yeah, me too. Thank you for having me on. Awesome. awesome. Uh, Chad, Chad Husky says, um, these hours go by too fast. And I agree. Yeah. And, and they do go by fast. But here's the, here's the thing about this, what I like about it. And I try, to, I, I try to run a really tight ship for the sole fact that I know you and I could talk for three hours, no problem. It's early your time right now. It's still relatively early here for me. And I know fans would love to chat for three hours. But I, I don't want to burn people out. I want to get people, I want, I want them to leave like, oh, man, I wish there was more. Because I want them to come back. And that just means that we're going to have you back again, too, maybe in the spring. And uh, hey, maybe a post uh 2.8 how would that be yeah anytime come back we'll talk about that i'll just say hi to the last few people here as well terry uh DGNG says thanks for the birthday wish it was his birthday the other day our moderator uh happy uh, uh, birthday again to you um excellent show fred siegel says um frank says i i agree chad love these shows got to get igor back on done deal for sure um, David Forbes, he's late, um, just tuning in, but it's all good. Rewind and catch it later on. There's some good stuff. Kai Downs uh, saying he likes the Octolead snapshot. Uh, Kevin O'Lear, let me see your music log. Great show today. Thank you, uh, Eric and Igor. Um, yeah, awesome. And Johnny Lee says, great show, guys. Uh, Bob Ann says, sounds good to me. Todd Graff says, great info. Thanks. So listen, we're going to wrap up here, folks. Thank you so much for spending 60 minutes with us here today on the Helix Hour. And um, we've got Johnny Lee coming up next week. Johnny Lee himself is going to be here. Uh, looking forward to having him. Uh, a great dude doing some amazing stuff with Stomp now. I think he's turning into a complete Stomp guy. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Oh, Audacity Works is here. You know that fellow? You know that fellow, Audacity Works? Audacity Works? Yeah. It's so funny. He gave me a tip. That's Eric Klein, by the way. He gave me a tip one time on the show, and he forgot that he even gave me the tip. It was a, a massive tip. It was about, you know, and I, uh, the, it's in the transparency settings for a delay so it doesn't ramp up when you switch. 
And um, and I said, thank you so much for that tip. And he told me, he's a, I didn't I never said that. And he didn't remember he even said it, but it was a valuable, valuable tip. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you so very much. I'm blessed and honored to have, uh, you know, the Line 6 staff here, like all of you here uh, in the chat and on the show. It's been a, it's been a wonderful time. Um, and uh, a couple other things as well, too, just to give you a couple uh, pieces of information over on my other show on Kramer Corner. Uh, this Tuesday night, I've got uh, from Peru, I've got uh, guitarist Charlie Para on the show. And coming up next Monday night, or sorry, next Friday night on the Aviation Gear TV show, I've got Damon Johnson on the show. So lots of good stuff. Johnny Lee the following Sunday and more good news to follow and some other things we're going to roll out here on the Helix Hour. So watch for some information on that. Some cool stuff. Everybody, you rock. Uh, Igor, don't go away. I'm going to say goodbye to you off the air. And everyone, you have a fantastic uh, rest of your Sunday. And for us here, in, uh, my Canadian fans here, enjoy your uh, family day tomorrow and have some great time off from work and uh, with your families. See you next time right here on the Helix Hour. Cheers. Bye. Hey, EVH Gear TV and Eddie Van Halen fans. If you are like me, you find the time to read books difficult. Why not have it read to you? Grab one of three critically acclaimed Van Halen audiobooks like Van Halen Rising by Greg Renoff, Running with the Devil by Noel Monk, or Everybody Wants Some by Ian Christie, available right now from Audible. Sign up for a free trial with zero obligation to get any one of these three audiobooks today. You can cancel if you wish after your trial membership expires and keep the book. There are many other great titles to choose from as well. Links in the description below, but just remember audibletrial.com slash TV. Click the link below and go grab your first free audiobook. Thank you for listening to this edition of EVH and Gear TV. This episode is being brought to you in part by VanHalenStore.com. Shop VanHalenStore.com for the largest selection of official Van Halen merchandise and memorabilia. Be sure to check out our website at evhgeardiscussion.com for more updates and follow us on social media.